0: Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Which Moving Pictures Move Us with me, your host, Emma Bolzner. As some of you may know, Sidney Poitier was one of the most respected and refined actors and directors of the 20th century, with 1967 being his biggest box office year with hits like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, In the Heat of the Night, and To Sir With Love which we will be ending this theme with, co-starring Judy Geeson and Lulu. And with me virtually is my good friend, Hannah.
1: Hello, hello.
0: So the film follows teacher Mark Thackeray, played by, obviously, Sydney Portier, who gets a job at a school in London's East End, teaching grade 12 students who were kicked out of other schools due to their troublemaking behaviour. After being disrespectfully treated by the obnoxious students, Thackeray finally gains their respect when he begins to understand their difficult home life situations and teaches them practical things to help them succeed in life. So Hannah, what do we think of James Clavel's To Sir With Love?
1: Well, first, I'm just going to say that as somebody who is currently in training to be a teacher and is hoping to be hired to be a teacher full-time in the fall, um, all of these opinions are my own, and none of them belong (laughs) to institutions that I may or may not be employed at. Uh, Everything's entirely my own, and... if my name is attached to something then it is it is my own thoughts and feelings and not that of the school i'm employed at great now that we got that disclaimer out of the way
0: um we got that out of the way
1: just <laughs> i wanted to do this one with you because you are going to be a teacher as well yeah yeah so i was like you know what maybe i can maybe i can clear up some things that that, that happen and speak to it from a teacher's perspective um but also it's tricky because it's the British school system in the late sixties, and I'm currently working in the Newfoundland school system in twenty twenty two, so they're two <laughs> very different things, um, but there are still some like, some some echoes of things that we have been told about uh, in terms of teaching, uh, as it existed previously, that I did see and that were interesting to sort of like see representation of uh Movie as a whole, um, gosh, I've, I was just saying before we recorded, I feel conflicted about it. Because on the one hand, I think all of the performances were really interesting and well done to a degree. Um, and I thought the movie had a lot of really great moments. But overall, I feel like the movie... The, the problem I find with a lot of movies from this period is that they can feel very disjointed and that they're just like a series of vignettes strung together with the loosest possible plot. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of continuity. Um, and it felt like whenever Thackeray would make progress with the class and sort of like gaining their respect and understanding them, it felt like every time we sort of switched to a new scene, we took a step back with that almost. And... It was it was weird to see because it's like, well, first you don't really get a sense of, like how much time is passing between all of these scenes, Um, but also it's just, it just felt a little disjointed to me. Then it took me out of the movie quite a bit. No, that
0: that's so fair, and that's a really interesting perspective for me. um, I found it hard to get into at the beginning. Um, and I could kind of already predict like, oh, this is going to be like, he's going to be like the savior and change these kids around. And they're going to be like these awesome scholar students yeah. <laughs> by the end. And like, I'm happy that a lot of them obviously did not become like scholar students and that he taught them practical life issues and, and experiences instead of like giving yeah. them homework due to their difficult like family life and everything and I really like that but my gosh I'm shocked that some of these guys like I always say this with like the breakfast club too when like the you know the the rebel guy shows up to detention it's like there's no way he would even come to detention like some of these guys I was like I don't even know why they would bother coming to class you know.
1: A lot of times with students who have more difficult home lives you do wonder like why are they even here especially especially in some of the younger grades it can be seen more as like a oh you know mom and dad like forced them to be here but in the older grades when you get those kinds of kids and you feel yourself wondering how, how why are they even here if they clearly don't want to be here it might be that they don't want to be there but they don't want to be at home even more and they don't have anywhere else better to be so, at least at least in school, they can be around their friends and their peers and people their own age, and they can escape whatever's going on at home, even just for a little bit. Um, That's true. And I really appreciated with the movie, too, that, like, he didn't, Thackeray didn't manage to switch around all the students, like, overnight and suddenly they're all going to Oxford or whatever like a lot of like one of them is going to be working at the school as a boxing instructor some of them uh, are, are going to go to some form of post-secondary but a lot of them aren't but he still he still did his best to instill in them practical values that they will need out in the real world that won't necessarily lend themselves to an academic setting, but will certainly Mm -hmm. lend themselves to a practical setting. And I think that's something that's lost a lot in education these days, um, especially with some older generation teachers of, um, you know, only focusing on the subject matter and not focusing on the fact that, like, a lot of your students, especially in this situation, won't end up going to post-secondary they won't end up going to any sort of university and so then it's still it 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 becomes very focused on how do you help the kids who are going to be set up for success immediately rather than how do you help all of your kids regardless of where they're going to end up after they leave your classroom
0: Mm -hmm. and relating the subject matter to practical life events and situations that they will be in as well
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah
0: so why do you think like that there are so few films um, that focus on teachers, you know, as the protagonists?
1: It's so funny because the the same day I watched uh, To Sir with Love, which um, for for us recording was just was just yesterday, I ended up unintentionally doing a teacher double feature. Um, of, of To Sir With Love, followed by Dead Poets Society, both of which I've uh. never seen before. Have uh, you ever seen Dead
0: Poets? No, oh no, no,
1: That's a whole other episode. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> but it was so interesting that I it ended up happening that way. And, again, two very different movies, two very different circumstances. But I think that a lot of times movies about teachers when they do pop up, like the most prominent ones I'm thinking of are, I mean, this one to an extent, but more recently I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about Poet Society, Mr. Holland's Opus and School of Rock to a degree. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, But I feel like when they do pop up, they're very much focused on um, a teacher coming in and, you know, changing the lives of their students and, not to, not to toot my own horn, but teachers do change lives of students. They do. Um, part of my internship for my Bachelor of Education program was I was in a school uh, for three months with students. And one of my classes was a class of eighth graders who, let's say there were a lot of powder kegs in the room, uh, individual powder kegs. Um, mm-hmm. So stuff could turn around quite quickly. And at the end of my internship, I had a lot of those students who were regarded as more of, like, the powder kegs, like, they were so beat up at the fact that I wasn't going to be in their classroom anymore. And I had several students say to me, like, Miss, you solved a lot of problems in our classroom. And it was so sweet. Like, teacher, teachers do change their lives, but I feel like a lot of the teacher movies we see, they focus, they focus a lot on... Teachers who come into
0: mm, very
1: yeah. wealthy schools um, and sort of change, uh, reorient the ways of thinking of these already privileged kids. So I think where to serve with love makes it stands out in the sort of teacher genre is that it becomes the film that obviously doesn't focus on those kids. These are these are grade twelve students. These are senior students who are about to go into the real world and they are yeah. um they've been kicked out of schools before because of their behavior but to that administration I'd be like, okay, well have we ever questioned why they're behaving this way? And Thackeray does. And mm-hmm. Thackeray realizes, you know, subject matter isn't gonna get through to them. Subject matter alone isn't gonna get through to them. We need to link this to something that they feel will actually be useful, and that completely changes their perspectives on why education matters. Um, I feel like I veered away yeah. from the question a little bit about like no, why there a- aren't so many teacher movies, but I don't know. I feel like, as I feel like, as a society, not only have we like moved away from the need to do these like inspirational teacher movies about teachers changing lives. But I feel like maybe we've also started devaluing teachers a little bit because you know schools can oftentimes be seen as glorified daycares, which for some younger grades maybe that could be the case. But I feel like we've we've sort of moved away from the thinking of like teachers are the be all end all and they're the unsung heroes. Um, though we have seen that thinking come back more and more, especially uh, as we're for some reason, starting to move into post-pandemic conversations. um, And about how teachers, you know, pivoted so, quote-unquote, effortlessly into teaching online. And they kept up appearances for our students online. And, well, yeah, they did. But there was a lot of work that went in behind the scenes. And a lot of teachers, especially in the States at least, still are not getting paid what they should be for their... Tireless, outstanding off, work, yeah. Endless
0: service, yeah. And I want to just quickly go back to what you were saying with the the movies you mentioned: Dead Poets, Mr. Holland's Opus, um, School of Rock. You're right that they always focus on teachers that just have come into the school and have like that are new. There's never really any movies on teachers that have you know been working at a school for ten years or or 15 years. And I I think that's really interesting. And I also always find that with teacher films, the person that's the teacher always wishes they were someone else uh, doing a different job. Like in this case, um, Thackeray is really um, set up to becoming a chemical engineer, but isn't able to get a job. So he becomes a teacher and I think that's really interesting because like well maybe not in Robin Williams case in Dead Poet Society but in most of those movies
1: John Keating loves teaching and you can see yeah
0: (laughs) but in most of them they're always striving and like wishing they were uh, in a different profession and I don't understand why that's usually the case in these movies but Um, I mean
1: they're they're we're we're lacking in teacher We're lacking in teacher films, but Abbott Elementary is... I haven't watched any of the episodes, but it just looks fabulous. And while it's about a school down in the U.S. in Philadelphia, it is something that is so firmly rooted with the teachers. And it's a sitcom, and it highlights a lot of very real struggles that a lot of teachers Mm -hmm. are facing currently uh, in that sort of mockumentary style that is so popular right now. So if 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 people need a a contemporary look at what teacher teaching is like from a from a current perspective Abbott Elementary is at least streaming on Disney Plus in the US. I'm not sure about up here in Canada. Okay.
0: The Abbott Elementary. Okay, I'm going to check that out if it is streaming here. So, did you think now before like I we talk about Sydney Portier's performance since he's he's the actor in our theme. Um what do you think like we don't get much backstory of him besides, like, knowing that he wants to be a chemical engineer, um, but would you have wanted to see, uh, his life outside of school, or, or were you okay with what we got out of him?
1: It's, uh, it's complicated, because on the one hand, I feel like I didn't know Mark as well as I would have liked to, um, but on the other hand, I think it's an interesting perspective because the, te- the students only see him in the school environment. So it makes sense that we only see him in the school environment, so we only know him as this professional. And we see a little bit of his personality sort of come through when he's talking with the other teachers in the teacher's room, in the staff room, but we don't really see anything of him beyond that. And I think that's an interesting commentary on how students only know their teachers so far as the school building. They don't really, yeah. especially back in the 60s and 70s. And even now, teachers are, you know, they're not fully encouraged to share every little detail about their personal lives with their students for obvious reasons. Um, but, like, you, you, there, you have to keep a professional sort of boundary with your students of, like, I will let you know me so far as what you need to know about me in this building for us to have a relationship. But... Other than that, um, you're going to sort of have to just, like, make take your best guess. And I think that's a really interesting way to do it. Um, so I, I would have loved yeah. to have seen more of his personal life, but I don't think for the purposes of this movie we needed to. We just simply needed to know him as Mark Thackeray, the teacher, and see the little bits of his personal life that we get to see in the, in the staff room. Like, I certainly didn't know everything about every teacher – that I was teaching at my internship school over the winter, but through various instances of staff room and conversations we had and uh, little bits here and there, I, I got to know little bits of their personal lives, but certainly not everything, right? So I think it's an interesting way to do it, for sure.
0: No, because we got a bit, I agree, we got a bit of the glimpse of, um, obviously, Jillian, who was also new to teaching there, look like you know she had a bit of a crush on him and she was really nice and and they talked a little bit but we only saw that during school hours as well and I like that we don't really find out if a romance occurs between them and I like that they just keep it all you know with the setting of school and what happens during school hours
1: yeah yeah like we and I think that's fine for, for, for our purposes, right? The, the, students, the students knew him as, uh, as Mr. Thackeray. They knew him as Sir. So it made sense that for the purposes of this movie, we only knew him as Mr. Thackeray.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I liked him. This is definitely not my favorite movie of his. I've seen him in now... Um, this probably is the fifth movie I've seen him in. Um, and so definitely not like for me his most memorable role, but I, I really liked it. Again, he's playing, you know, the, the black man who is the white savior and he's saving white people, which he ends up doing in most of his movies. If you, uh, anyone out there listened to our previous episode of Lilies of the Field, you know, he's helping Catholic immigrant nuns build a chapel and in, in the heat of the night, he's, you know, helping the white cops solve a, a murder case for white people. And, um, yeah, a lot of his movies always revolve around him helping white people. And there are quotes of his, I don't have them in front of me, where he said, you know, he wished he could just play an evil person for once in his career. But he was never, never offered those roles, um, which is yeah. too bad.
1: And I think, I think... I think there's something bigger going on there because if, if you think about when this movie would have come out, 67, yeah. right? So that would be in the middle of slash just after the civil rights movement. So you have to think about how Hollywood is reacting to that. And so what kind of movies are featuring black characters and what those black characters look yeah. like. Uh, so, of course, we have uh, the one black character in the movie trying to appease all these white people because black people at this time, even though the civil rights movement had gone through and there was a lot of movement in terms of voting rights and just civil rights in general, um, there were black people still felt like they had to appease white people in a lot, a lot of ways, from just day-to-day occurrences to bigger occurrences like this. And so, of course, those are the only movies that feature black characters that Hollywood's going to focus on because they're trying to hold up a mirror to what's going on in society, but in still a way that's going to be uh, appeasing to everybody, no matter where you fall in the political spectrum. Exactly. Um, and so, of course, of course, Sidney Poitier, as phenomenal as an actor he, as, he, as he was, of course he wouldn't get offered villain roles, because some, some higher-up exec might have said, now hold on a second... If we give a villain role to a black actor, what is that saying about black people in general, especially if he is the only yes, black person on in screen? This movie?
0: Yeah. And the only basically the only black actor for many, many years in, in Hollywood. Yes, exactly. And then they probably thought, well, you know, if we're going to give a black person a lead role, they have to be helpful and supportive and, you know, do good deeds as well.
1: Yes, exactly. They have to be palatable. They have to be socially acceptable. They cannot go against the norm. They, as characters, are not allowed to rebel. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's interesting because we're looking at it from a 2022 point of view, but um, there's a lot to critique, and like you said, it's crazy to think that these movies were being made during and right after the Civil Rights
1: Movement as well. It's, 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 when you think about some of these big um, political movements that happen, and you look at the movies that are coming out around those times, oftentimes you will see glimmers of social conversations on both sides of the political divide, um, on all sides of the political divide. Um, you'll see all of those conversations sort of happening and it's really only the ones that latch on in the mainstream, the conversations that translate to what movies get made, because those are the conversations being highlighted by those in power in Hollywood. And so that just becomes part of the feedback. Yeah. Week.
0: Yeah, it's 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 and it's still happening a lot today too, which is is crazy to think in this day and age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So is there another character you wanted to talk about? Um, There's obviously, I believe her name is Judy Geeson, who was the girl that was like super rude. And then she became, you know, developed a bit of a crush on him. Um, It was just really interesting because she was so adamant of like you know being rude and obnoxious coming into the classroom late while like in the middle of a conversation like talking which is so irritating when people do that like that's one of my big pet peeves um to then like gaining respect for him and then developing I'd say like a minor crush um which it was really interesting to see that because I didn't expect this movie to have that. And I think a lot of the students as well really admired him. And that was really special to see. Um, I I wish they had focused on some other characters. They do focus on the one other um, black boy in the class. Um, and then they tackle some racism there when yeah. his mother dies and they're raising money to buy flowers for him, but none of them offer to go to the house to deliver the flowers yeah. because there would be gossip of of them going up to the door of a colored person's house, which was, you know, his facial expression in that scene was was really powerful. And then, of course, um, Judy Geeson's character is like, I'll go, I'll
1: go, <laughs> I'll deliver the flowers.
0: Yeah. That was really funny. I don't want to disappoint him, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that was that was so so beautiful to see that scene. That was one of the ones that really drew me in. I felt, and I've been very, I guess I'll say lucky in that I've um, I've watched a lot of a uh, a British drama series called called The Midwife, oh, which yes. takes place in this area of London, in the East End of London. Um, and they're 11 series in now, so they start in the late 50s, and now they're into the late 60s. They're actually, in the most recent season they did, they were in 1967. Um, and so to see, and they, they do still deal with a lot of those themes uh, throughout the series, not just in, like, the 50s and the mid-60s, but well into the late 60s as well. So um, to see them sort of... Um, still be tackling that, but in a way that is palatable and understood by the audience of the movie when it came out Mm -hmm. was really, really interesting. And I was I was proud of them for not just, like...
0: Pretending it doesn't exist. For for not having...
1: Yeah, yeah, for not just pretending the racism doesn't exist. Um, Because they were already highlighting it in an adult way with Zachary not being able to get a job uh, in engineering, but... Highlighting it from the student perspective as well, I felt was really important, and it still showed how like rampant those beliefs still were. Like the kids all wanted to go. This is the thing: the kids all wanted to go. They all wanted to to be there for for their yeah, classmates. Yeah, they were scared. None of them, none of them, at the end of the day, had the had had the gumption to go and actually. To actually do it because they didn't want to be talked about. And that just broke my heart.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It was, it was really, it was really hard to watch that. And I actually, to be honest, I thought there would be more occurrences of racism, like when he'd be in like that staff room, which like had a fireplace and everything. It was a pretty comfortable looking staff room. Um, I thought there would be some instances of racism within the, the teacher's. Um, But that was never, never shown in this film. Yeah. And And I don't know if it's because it was England and not, not in 1967, if that made a difference. But I don't
1: think it would (laughs) have, I don't think it would have made a difference, quite frankly. And I think that if this were any other staff room, there definitely would have been more microaggressions. Yeah. Like there was that one, like there was, there was one other male teacher who was always sort of like grumpy, Mm -hmm. I fully anticipated him to be a racist jerk. Like, fully. Yeah. I was like, you, sir, are a type. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and the fact that he wasn't was really interesting for me because I fully expected him to be. And I think it was a little too romanticized of like, oh, you know, the fact that he was able to walk in there as the only black teacher at this all-white presenting school mm-hmm. um, and, and, and not be... Thrown a slur at any point, like there i feel like they're definitely in a real situation. Would have been a slur thrown his direction, absolutely. But they didn't want to do that to Sydney Poitier no. because he was the yes. Poitier.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. They did romanticize a lot of it, but I'm happy that they did touch on it within the the students in that in that scene. That was really good. Uh, I was also surprised that. There was some words that were being used, like there's that scene where he's like, he is done, he is done with how they're treating him. I think it's, I wasn't quite sure, but I'm pretty sure the girls put like a pad or a tampon in the furnace and it caused smoke. And that was like the tipping point for him and that he actually like goes up to them and says like, you know, you, this sluttish behavior needs to stop. No guy wants to marry a slut. Um, and I was like, whoa, they're using that word in 1967. That really surprised me.
1: Yeah, the fact that they were so adamant about, like, they used it, like, three times in the span of two minutes. I was yeah. like, calm <laughs> down, calm down. There's no need for that kind of language. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, that was so interesting to me. And, I mean, I get that it was it didn't have the same connotation then as it does now, obviously, because we're watching a movie from 1967 and 2022. Um, but the, the fact that it was sort of, like... The fact that it was used and that the administration didn't, like, have a further conversation about that... I'm, I'm personally of the belief that, like, so long as you are swearing with, like... The intention and with a context that is important like that's fine but like if you're just swearing for the sake of swearing then we've got a problem with yeah. that. you
0: know yeah and I think the way he used it in that context for that time was really powerful and useful because how quickly does it change where the girls are asking the the boys in their class to call them miss and not call them by their first name and saying like well if you want to dance with me um, you have to respect me. And, and I thought that was really interesting how that changed and how they, the, I don't know if you noticed, but how like over the next few scenes, the way they're dressed is quite differently as well. Um, and, and I thought, wow, that, that moment was really powerful. Maybe they shouldn't have like, maybe it was good that they burned the tampon in the furnace. Because <laughs> obviously yeah. it, did a, it had an effect on them and how they behaved.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Before we go on to the I have a few fun facts. Was there any other scene or part you wanted to like unpack and discuss?
1: Um I guess the only other part that I I, I felt really attached to um was there at the very end when they give him, like, the box of, like, all the letters and uh, of the, like, oh, yeah. note that they all signed, um, that, whew, that, that, that got me good because I'd had that experience myself, like, not even three months ago to get that kind of recognition, especially yeah. for Sidney Putty's character, I guess he's, he came in sort of at the beginning of the year, But where I'd only been there for three months, I came in when we were online in January, and then I was only with them until April, so I was with them for a very short period of time. Um, But to see them sort of understand how important not only this was for me, obviously, but to see that I'd made that connection with all of my students and that they felt so moved as to, go out of their way to get me things and to sign cards and to show their appreciation that way was so meaningful for me
0: yeah and I that scene really was meaningful to me too and I'm glad that it could hit home for you because it isn't a job where like a lot of other typical jobs you get that gratification of like oh yeah you know you did this you wrote this piece really well or you came up with that you know brainstorming idea really well for this advertising project. It's a it's a job that you don't get gratification for, and you don't have, you know, a boss telling you, hey, good job today, that was really great work.
1: Yeah, it can be very thankless.
0: And I thought that was so special when they all, like, I don't know exactly what the gift was, I think it was some sort of cup, but they focused on the, the letters that they all wrote, and I thought that was so special.
1: Yes, yeah, it, it absolutely was, and... It, it- It hit home for me and I'm sure that any other teacher watching it would feel the exact same way.
0: Yeah, also got it before we move on fun facts. I gotta s- ask you your opinion on that theme song, the time uh, when titles had the same name as a song that is played throughout the movie. so that is to serve with love. Oh my gosh, I found this song to be quite cheesy.
1: <laughs> I thought it was cheesy, but I also thought it was really sweet. Like, I, I, and the girl who was singing it, Lulu, Lulu. whatever the heck her name was. Um, Whoever she I thought, the, is. I, I thought she was a good singer. I thought she was fine, but I, I thought this song was very sweet. like saccharine and cheesy, but it was kind of sweet. <laughs> Um, especially the fact that they kept like bringing it back as this motif, especially like at the beginning, obviously, but then when they, I felt like when they brought it in during the field trip montage,
0: that um, was so funny.
1: which was such a good. I feel like they just let the cast loose in the museum and they were like take pictures. <laughs> Um, (laughs) It was like a slideshow of the cast. Yeah, it was so funny. I loved it. But when they brought it back during that montage, I felt like it was really that first moment that the students really felt that appreciation for Zachary and everything that he did to champion them. And so having it there in that section in the middle and then have it come back at the end um, when they were sending him off, it, it, it was a nice way to sort of remind the audience what this movie was about and the trajectory that the tra- that the characters were on.
0: And and showing that he is trying like and that they too are wanting to learn. Maybe they don't wanna read, you know, like math books or poetry, but they are open to learning when they go to, you know, real world experiences like going to the Victorian Albert Yeah museum or yes. what museum they go do and and, and and, you know, learning how to make a salad and one of the lines I think he says is, you know, um, you can be poor and still eat well. And I think that was so cool that he did that. And you know, letting the yeah. the one of his students bring a baby into the classroom cuz her mom just gave birth and she has to take care of her siblings. And I thought that was really cool cuz none of the other teachers would have done that or would have yeah. allowed that.
1: Yeah, experiential learning and adjusting to your students' needs is so important. We talk about it a lot in my education program. What what might be good for one student is likely good for everybody else. So making sure that your students are accommodated in every sense and yeah. making sure that they're uh, you're 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 giving everybody different learning opportunities to approach material in different ways is so important from just an educational theory and practical standpoint um but also from a student standpoint like I loved when we would um, go on these field trips not only because it was something different but because I felt like I was more actively engaged in the material especially if yeah. it was like a science field trip or something right like it was it was always very impactful
0: yeah I know I agree okay well I will go to the quick facts that I have um, so first of all this movie in today's terms of money would have made 22 million at the box office which is pretty good not bad. Um, and also with that montage sequence we were talking about, um, they did get permission to film. Oh, it was the British Museum, not the Victoria and Albert Museum. My bad. Um, but then they were denied a few days before filming, so they were only allowed t- to get still photographs. So that's why the director came up with that. <laughs> so this book, uh, this movie was based off of a book by E.R. Braithwaite, who was a teacher, and he wrote about his experiences teaching in East London during the 50s, um, which is interesting because I did not know that. And there is a sequel, To *Sir With Love 2, from 30 years later in 1997, and Sidney Portier stars in it, as well as Lulu and Judy Gieson, so they both come back for the... Sequel, which was directed by Peter Bogdanovich.
1: Huh, interesting.
0: <laughs> I kind That's... of want to look that up now quickly.
1: Is it like <laughs> Is it like a like a reboot of the same story, or does it pick up with the same kids like years down the line? I deep... I was honestly surprised <laughs> that we haven't done like a like a newer version of this movie because I feel like a newer yeah. version of this movie, um, not necessarily maybe set in the sixties or the fifties. But, like, even a version of this that is inspired by that original story that is set in contemporary times could be really interesting because Lord knows I've known some students, like, the students <laughs> in that class. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: So, the, uh, on IMDb, it says, for to, su- to serve with love, too, after 30 years teaching in London, Mark Thackeray retires and returns to Chicago there however the challenge of reaching kids in an inner city school proves too much to resist so he goes back to work
1: oh so he's teaching in america as opposed to england I yeah it. I it. but it's
0: interesting that the two others the ones that are english are in it as well and they play their same characters so that's very interesting that they got the same cast especially sydney Porte to to come back into the movie yeah and come for the sequel
1: that's honestly kind of awesome
0: <laughs> and that is the end of my test. not too many on this one sorry everyone <laughs> it did not get any nominations at the oscars or any golden globe nominations as well not even for song
1: that's that's <laughs> honestly very surprising considering sydney putty's performance he's definitely the strongest part of the movie
0: yeah i agree actually the song did Go straight to number one in the US for a few months. So good for Lulu.
1: Good for Lulu. You know what? (laughs) If nothing else, good for Lulu. (laughs)
0: Um, It was also, oh, I do have one more fact. Sorry. Uh, Sydney Poitier and the director uh, were really on board to making this film, but they got turned down many times by Columbia Pictures. Because Columbia wanted either a huge rape scene or a big fight put in, and they refused and finally got what they wanted because all they wanted was a gentle, feel-good story. So that's cute. Oh, thank
1: you. Glad there wasn't
0: a rape scene.
1: That would (laughs) have sucked. That would have really sucked.
0: Okay, so we should move on to the final judgment if you are ready. Let's do it. Okay, so did To Sir With Love move you or not?
1: Honestly, at the end of the day, yeah, like is it a little janky in places? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a movie from 1967, it's not going to be perfect. But the scenes that are good are genuinely really good. And Sydney Poitier's performance is um, is definitely the highlight of the movie. And as a teacher, I'm, you know, I'm able to relate to some things a little more directly. Um, so it definitely hits home for for that crowd more than others, I think. Um but yeah, I think ultimately it it is a it is a moving story as long as you approach it at the right angle.
0: Yes, I agree. It did move me. Maybe not the entire movie, but there were some really memorable parts. Like I said, I really liked the ending. Obviously, when he receives the letters, but right before when he's dancing and like only Sydney Porte can make dancing in a suit look cool. Yeah,
1: honestly,
0: <laughs> he really pulled that off, and it just wasn't. <laughs> Any actor like him doing stuff like that and, like, being dorky but making it look cool back Absolutely. then, and there still isn't. And um, I think he was really perfect for this role. And although the story, like we both agree, was, was a bit choppy and a bit slow at times, there wasn't really a huge conflict going on. Um, it's it's a nice movie to, you know, cozy up and watch. Yeah, just have one
1: in the background. Yeah.
0: In the background, yeah, exactly, and and it, it makes you feel good by the end, so yeah, well, I want to thank you, Hannah, for coming back on the show after a few months. Oh, not a problem. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to this episode and enjoyed this theme, and hopefully it will inspire you to go re-watch some of Sydney Portier's films, and maybe, you know, seek them out for the first time, and if you have any film suggestions, you can email me at emmareviews.com movies at gmail.com and we're on social media now so if you want to follow us on instagram the username is which moving pictures move us don't forget to click the subscribe button as well thank you for listening